Hello, loyal listeners, and welcome back to another episode of That Girl with the Curls, which is me, Sam. Yay! Uh, Welcome back. Uh, This is episode 43 with Tony Parker, and uh, Tony basically does the equivalent, uh, the podcast equivalent of a stop-by to promote his latest book, This Damned Band, which will be out next week, August 5th, from Dark Horse Comics. Uh, Tony does the art, and it is written by Paul Cornell. And uh, he basically is, uh, he just wanted to kind of come on and and promote the book. Uh, He's real excited about it. It's got a great um, description to it. It's essentially a mockumentary, this is Spinal Tap meets uh, The Supernatural, essentially. And it's set in in 1974. So if none of that makes you interested in the book, I mean, just description alone, don't, don't worry about how I'm trying to sell it to you. Just think in terms of premise. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what's going to, because that sounds pretty damn awesome to me. So yeah, uh, come for the premise, stay for everything else. I promise you it'll, it'll be awesome, because uh, having previously reviewed and uh, talked to Tony about his work in the past, uh, he did the art for Mass Effect, the comic book, as well as the book that got me um, on his side as an artist and a, and a friend. Uh, it was R.I.P.D. City of the Damned, which was sort of the prequel comic, kinda, to the movie that didn't do very well, but you don't need to know that part of it. Just know that the book, which was also written by uh, Jeremy Barr, totally worth your time. Not so much the movie. Sorry. Uh, But anyway, uh, Tony's just, he's a generous guy. He's a great guy. I love talking to him, and he's always just really forthcoming with information, or at least with the information he can give out to you. Uh, The rest of it, he's just a tease. So uh, it's a little bit of a short one um, for a podcast, I guess, or for this podcast, but totally worth your time, and uh, hopefully you will be as intrigued and into the concept and want to buy the book as as much as I am. So without further ado, uh, here is Tony Parker. This damned band out next week. Enjoy it, love it, read it. day at work so i am so sorry no, so. it's fine i'm used to this kind of stuff now that doesn't make it any easier no it doesn't <laughs> how are you feeling doing well a little sniffly so if i disappear for a moment to blow my nose i apologize i've just got just a little sniffle thing going oh no problem yeah i um i guess my my new upstairs neighbors are plomping around up there so i might end up transcribing this instead of just posting it <laughs> It sounds fine on my side, so I'm not hearing the I'm not hearing the flopping. Okay, then it's all in my head. <laughs> oh, hey, not a, hey, if you want to transcribe the flop, transcribe the flopping, it might add to the story. That there is that. I mean, um, when I was in God, when I was in undergrad, we had people upstairs who just I swear to God they were like the most heavy footed people. Like just we, we called them the hippos because we didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Steel boots jumping up and down. I. Snickering. 
Oh my God. I ended up going up there one night. It was like three in the morning. I was so tired. And at three in the morning, I don't care what people think of me when I'm that tired. That's, that's, you're not the only person. Exactly. Um, I went upstairs and knocked on their door and they were like in the middle of a party. Like there was, I mean, they were, I mean, weed was just like permeating off of them all. So it was just like, now I know why. <laughs> so. You have a that skunk, don't you? Yeah. Sure, we'll call it that. I've never smelled such a thing in my life. What's going on here? Hey, is that reefer? <laughs> hey, golly. <laughs> exactly. It's fouling my air. It's like, gosh darn it, I'm gonna call my parents. <laughs> They'll remove me from school forthwith. Call the local parson and he'll have this done too sweet. <laughs> I'm going to go call Pastor Brown. Yes. <laughs> Who's my dealer, actually, because I want to see what he's doing. Oh, never mind. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Got to get through the sermon somehow. <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, no, it's it's been... Uh, it's, God, you, were, you and Jeremy were the first interview I ever did. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, when back at Word of the Nerd, it was like... Yep. You were the first, like, major... Um, podcast that i did so this is really Thank cool you. yeah it was awesome i was so nervous and then i was like they're so awesome to talk to you did just fine oh thank you i remember there was a bird in the background yeah that was my bird is there do you still have the bird still have the bird but the bird is in the studio i'm out in the kitchen right now ah excellent is the the family all well and good yep baby's asleep puppies on the couch which is why i'm outside and um bird is probably asleep in the studio <laughs> Excellent. Or watching TV, one of the two. <laughs> I, that would be kind of cool if the bird was just watching t- television, being like, <laughs> so they're eating nachos. I go, oh, nope, seen this before, seen yeah. this, seen this. Ooh, the History Channel. Let's watch Crazy People. There we go. I just figured it'd be watching like a uh, True Detective or something like that. Oh wow, uh, yeah, I hope not because I just it's like that. My bird's watching Gone Girl. Okay, <laughs> the cage is staying locked now. <laughs> like it's getting ideas. Damn it. Yes. No. 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 Damn you, sentience. Stupid bird. <laughs> Derek, get in the way. What? <laughs> Who's the king in yellow now? Not me, oh. apparently. <laughs> I haven't seen, uh, that's I know it's first season by seven. I haven't seen second season yet. It's it's interesting. It's been a bit slow, and yet there are times where it's it it really grabs you, and then other times you're just looking at the clock, going like, "Is has it been an hour yet? Like, are we done yet? Are we done yeah, yet? Um, we, yeah, it's it's one of those things I want to wait until I can sit and watch it, not just have it on the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I did that with the um the first season. I binge watched it. Yeah. And I feel like that's the way to do it because this going week to week, it's just like I'm kind of forgetting details and going like, yep. well, who's that guy? What's... Cause I, that's why I do that the first season as well. First season where it's like every week was excited and Washington was on and um, I was like, really? That was there? And that was the who? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like, oh my God, McConaughey is so good at this. Who'd have thunk? Yes. <laughs> He can act. How'd that happen? Oh, I don't understand it at all. The world is topsy-turvy. Don't, don't give him the line, all right, all right, all right, and he'll do fine. <laughs> or he'll just own it and do it at every award show. So. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everyone's just doing their own version of all right, all right, all right. Still haven't seen that movie. Which one? The the movie it came from. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah. Dazed and Confused. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm good. I've, I've heard all the lines from it. I th- yeah. You just get to a point where it's like, I, I think I know what the movie's all about. I'm good. That, and it could be one of those movies that worked well in the time, but you go back and you watch it, and now you're like, this, with fresh eyes, this isn't that good. Oh, yeah. I always worry about that with certain movies that I, I like, laud from my childhood. 
it's like there's there's really no point in going back to it because it's just either going to be as as good as I think it is or it's going to be worse. It's worse. <laughs> yeah, it's usually worse. I did that with GI Joe, and I was like, well, this oh this I can't. I'm, I've got like all these um, on on DVD. I'm like, I'm never going to watch these because I enjoy the memory of them. Mm-hmm. So I go back and watch them now. I'm like this makes no sense. This is horrible. The animation is crap. The story is horrible. The voice acting is abysmal. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to go back to my memories. Yeah. Uh, memories. I, I did that with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The yeah. the first five episodes, I will say, do, still hold up pretty well. You're lucky. Yeah, it's everything after that, though. So the next, like, five years worth of, of episodes, it's like, oh, this is... How did my parents put up with this? They didn't. <laughs> they didn't, no. It was a lot of scotch. Oh, my mom was real happy when The Simpsons came around, because then she could watch something with us. <laughs> yeah, that was banned in our household. Oh, man, I hear that from so many people. It's, I, I find it strange, but I guess... Nope, it was the non-traditional family structure. That and basically anything from Fox was banned because it wasn't a positive role model. So even oh. though I was 17 or 18 when I watched it, was so, we're not, if you're going to watch that, you got to watch it in the other room. We will not watch it. Wow, yeah, I guess my mom just really did not care what I watched. Or is there to watch it with you to, to explain things. She did. There's some, there's, some, there's some jokes in there, like, how'd they get that on TV? Oh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, my mom really, she loves The Simpsons, like, she would watch it with my sister and I and everything. I had to defend it, uh, you know, furiously to my father, because he was like, you're, yes, even as I got older, he was like, you're an adult, you shouldn't be watching cartoons, like, do you understand how smart this show is? Like, you actually have to read a book sometimes to, to understand the reference. Yeah, exactly. The same was with, like, um, Animaniacs. Uh Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, the... I, I got to I talked to Rob Paulson who who voiced uh, Yakko. Oh wow! And yeah, Pinky and the Brain, you know, Pinky and everything. Uh, yeah. And um, and he talked about the the fingerprints uh, line from where they were like impersonating Hercule um, Perrault. Perrault. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like Hercule Yakko, and the whole bit is like uh, like dust. You know, get some, get me fingerprints, get me fingerprints, and. Uh, or get me Prince, get me Prince, get me Prince, or whatever. And Dot's like, I found him! And she's holding Prince, the musician. Yes. <laughs> and he's all like, no, no, finger Prince. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Just that that was look. a great show. So good. Um, but yes, we are we are here to talk of, of a certain certain thing. Uh, uh, something that you are now involved with, which sounds... You make it sound like a Cthulian um, monastery, something like that. We're about, it's about a thing, but we're not... We will not recite the the king in yellow. The, yes, exactly. Conversation. <laughs> the uh, the book that shall not be named until a yep. specific time. But no, it's called uh, this damn band. Yep. And uh, it's gonna be it's coming out in August, correct? August fifth. August fifth. Excellent. Yep. Uh, and so it's uh, you're doing the art. Paul Cornell is writing it, and then your colorist. I had his name for a second. Uh. Laverne Kinzierski. There which we I go. Slang the name, which is too bad because his work is absolutely wonderful. I was it's, very lucky to have him. It's gorgeous. It, so. Yeah, the um, bleeding. I'm looking at the bleeding cool article, uh, and they have one of the the big promo pieces. Yep. Uh, which. Oh yeah. So I was reading Paul's uh, description, but I yep. believe that maybe you should describe it first for those who will either be listening or reading this. <laughs> Oh, Paul does. I mean, the worst part about me trying to describe it instead of Paul is Paul, he's got that wonderful British accent, so oh. it just kind of adds to it, where it's like these British rockers who went hard. It's like, oh, this is wonderful. <laughs> and some of the better ways, and 
there are all sorts of pitches, but the better ways I've heard it described by him, because, again, he's better with the whole talky word thing. Oh, that it's, thing, yeah. It's 1974, the biggest rock band in the world, says they get their power from praising Satan. Mm-hmm. However, much to their horror, they found that they actually get all their power and their popularity from praising Satan. <laughs> so it's uh, kind of like um, This is Final Tap meets The Exorcist meets Ghostbusters for the comedy aspect, where it's there's some really heavy-hitting parts and some really dark stuff, some light stuff. It's not all over the map, but it's a much richer, much denser book than you expect from something like this. We're talking about rock at the height of its decadence. People may talk about the 80s and so on and stuff happens, but this is a point where you, um, there was a plane that was chartered solely just for rock stars to have a, basically like a party bus, but a party 747. Like for real life? In, in real life? In real life. Oh, nice. I was working on the book. And <laughs> so, but these people, any drug they want is theirs. Any person they want is theirs. Mm-hmm. There are no limits to what they want and um, what they have their opportunity to. And we have people who are just, um, they're brought over from different, polit- uh, different parts and cultures of, of uh, the UK all together. So we've got that dynamic personality clash. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you added the supernatural. Well, of course you do. <laughs> oh, well, that's what uh, that's what the great thing with it. Uh, but it's, you think, okay, got Supernatural, it's going to be silly, like, like an episode of Scooby-Doo. No, there's some wonderful um, character pieces in there as well, where just some stuff I've just been ecstatic. I, I look forward to drawing for the like, entire issue, where it's just these subtle or powerful character nuances or interchanges. So you're, you're telling me that no one's going to unmask some guy and go, Old Man Wilkins! I can neither confirm nor deny it. I hate to Damn. give away the whole story. Oh, no. Come on, Tony. Don't That's be such a tease. Oh, yeah. Well, by the way, you know what Rosebud is? Here, let me tell you. <laughs> by the way, Kaiser Soze. Oh, no. Spoilers. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. <laughs> uh, they've got me on like the three year or six month, depending on what it is. It's like six months. Yeah, between six months and three years for the spoiler alert. But it's still. That's part of the fun for it is going through and also allowing you to make your own decisions with it. Mm hmm. It's one of the things I like, I like I'm, cautious, I'm very cautious about what I say with these, is it allows people like, ooh, is this real, or is it not? Which is something they do, he, Paul does a great job with it writing. And yeah, just in his uh, his description of it as well, where he talks about like the, um, the especially like the, it's not necessarily found footage, but it's a like a documentary style. Exactly, and that's one, that was a great challenge he gave to me with it. I don't mean like, uh, like trying to find a plot way to uh, polish a piece of poo. It's an actual, wow, this is, I'm, I've never seen this really done, mm-hmm. and especially in such, in such an extended form. And I've never done it before, so it just, it, for me it's a, a two for in the wind category. Yeah, it's... But it's, yeah, it's done as a um, documentary. So there are some cases where, the, for whatever reason, they didn't have a crew there, so they'll go to a local artist mm-hmm. and have the local artist do it. So like in issue one, which they've actually shown more to the preview pages, they actually show, since it's an issue that takes place in Japan, the concert takes place in Japan, they got a local manga artist, <laughs> or what is theoretically a quote-unquote local manga artist, which was me drawing it, but yeah. local manga artist, to draw what they, what they saw it as. So and- we saw this, we witnessed this, and so here you go, so... So it's never an arbitrary, oh, I just want to draw like this. It actually fits within that. And later on, and this has already been um, announced in a place or two, where we've got like um, parts of it takes place in France. We've got a hey, great tin, tin style working with it. So it's that and a little Windsor McKay in there. That's so cool. And and, and that's, that's so interesting, too, because 
uh, to combine all those types of genres and especially within this format because yeah. it's just one thing to say like oh well we're doing kind of like the Spinal Tap mockumentary style but to, yeah. to then Which take are, yeah. yeah I mean but and and there's no nothing saying that you can't do that with a comic. I mean, it lends itself very well to that kind of format. Yeah. But then to mix it up also with the different artistic styles to yeah. reflect where they are in terms of the story, that's really fascinating. And I yeah. now I'm like really pumped to see this because it's like, oh yeah. Um, what, and then, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. Uh, what was it like for you to be able to draw all these different styles? It was uh, mind expanding. Yeah. Just because I mean I, I mean I mean, love manga I love the um, some of the, like, the early uh, the tendency I was like wow this is for, um, now we see as racist by other times like ah oh, and sexist by the time ah oh, just the way it was so there I've got to push through some of that but the art itself is beautiful mm-hmm. the uh, huge ones are became that so but the biggest thing is they have different nuances to the storytelling the camera angles the let alone uh, just the basic illustration elements which are what I've never drawn manga before. I've yeah. never drawn like um, Hegre before, or however it's correctly pronounced. I've never <laughs> drawn, drawn like Winsor McKay, so try to get those styles. And they are similar because they all have a similar background, but try to make sure not to make sure they're distinct from themselves was an incredible challenge. And there are parts that I love. I hope that the audience is able to enjoy it as well. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to, to see that now. Um, yeah. So I'm a published manga artist. I'm Yay! like 0.001% of American comic artists. <laughs> there you go. You can put that on the resume now. It's like, I can draw I... this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> Suck it, everybody. Look what I did. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm going to do that because it's, there are some incredibly talented manga artists out there. It's just one of those. How that happen? For me, it's more of a how did that happen moment. Yeah, well, and that's got to be like, I mean, just, you know, from what you're saying, like how surprising that is. Like you're sitting down for basically, it's, it's, you know, Paul could could write anything and be like, "Well, Tony, you're gonna do this." And yeah, well, even with this, um, hopefully, I'm not giving anything away with this. But when we did it, it wasn't initially as like the different artists. We kind of played with it. It's like I came up with, and this is something I did to myself. I thought, mm-hmm. "Wow, we're already in Japan. Why don't we use a manga artist?" So therefore, wherever we're in different parts of the world, we'll use what would be a local artist to it to give it that extra flair. So it just became kind of an organic part yeah, of the storytelling. And Paul and everyone in Dark everyone in Dark Horse are absolutely wonderful to work with and me not sucking up I'm just saying it was uh, Dave was um, great and everyone was there was wonderful like very receptive I mean, there are times when I try something and they'd say yeah that's not going to work <laughs> okay no problem and continue on but it was other and other times they hey I'm like that was one of them hey how about we try this or they're allowed as long as it fits and adds to the story they're they're great with it yeah, and uh, is there going to be an issue where something looks like Kirby-esque at all? So. <laughs> um, I don't have all the scripts yet, so uh, we shall find out. Yeah, so it's, I'm actually, right now, I'm uh, by Wednesday or Thursday, I'll issue, the, um, issue five pen, completely penciled. Oh, cool. So we're, that's a good thing with this, is we'll be well in the can because it comes out again in a few weeks, but um, we'll be well in the can for it, so there won't be any delay, like production delays for waiting, like, waiting basically that legendary waiting for the pencil to finish things off especially mm-hmm. since i'm both penciling and inking it very good do you normally do you normally do most of your inking yeah i do i've never had a professional inker i've had um i had a um, great talent really talented inker um ryan wind inked a piece of mine um privately where i was hey we just did a collaboration and it was great fun but never actually had um professionally had one 
So you're just like, okay, I'm going to do all this, and then you send it off to Laverne, and, and then he's going to color it so beautifully, and then you're like, oh, I love it. It's all mine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, de- uh, definitely. It's, I don't have anything against having an anchor. I, there, it's incredibly disappearing up skill uh, skill set and lost art form mm-hmm. for the for the good anchors. I'm very lucky to know a few good ones. It's just the way it's ended up. It's always just been me doing it, and it's it's a split thing. Where there are times where I absolutely love like I can do that in inks. I can play with the texture. I'll do some dry brush so I can my pencil think ahead to the inking part. Mm-hmm. But there are other times I'm, I look at some inkers I know where they're very talented, and I'm like, you know, that'd be awesome if I had them do this. So yeah. it's the the great debate between unity of vision versus um, having the greatest of the different skill sets collaborate and to end up with the greater um, the the sum being greater than the individual parts. Definitely, the great debate of comics. There we go. Exactly. Um, so uh, let's backtrack a little bit. And yeah. how did you uh, you and Paul become partners in this uh, venture? I was very lucky that there. The, the, I mean, I went came to them saying, "Hey, I've got a building in my schedule and." Um, do you have anything that you think I can work with? And they actually came to when they like said, "Hey, um, Paul's working on this." Not that I ever met Paul before then, but hey, we got this project coming up. How does this sound? And I'm like, "Oh, that sounds awesome!" <laughs> oh wow, sign me up! It's like, please let me draw this. I yeah. will pay you to let me draw yeah. it. Pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we can't get Tony to stop calling or emailing. Perhaps we should just let him do it. Here, this will shut him up. Exactly. Let's give no, him work. Was, uh, I was the one that was picked for it, and so I was very, I mean, just very lucky that what I had fit with their schedule and fit with, with their artistic style. And the, again, a lot of the fun was having that, not journeyman, but um, the fluidity of style. So, I, so it's not, oh, here's me drawn like me, but like this. It's each one of them. Mm-hmm. Well, you can see I mean, with the trained eye, you can see oh, there is a consistency of like different way, like lines or some specific things, but really trying to nail those different, or at least get as close as I can to those different styles. Yeah, because the 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 promo photo, I mean, it's it's definitely your style because I, I remember it from uh, RIPD and um, some of the yeah. Mass Effect uh, stories that uh, you and uh, you and Jeremy did. Yeah. Um, and and just even looking at this, so. From Paul's description as well, it's very uh, reminiscent of specific bands from the seventies. Um, and from just what I'm looking here, I do I do see the Robert Plant uh, inspiration. Yeah. Uh, is it all Zeppelin based, or are these like are all these all over the place? All over. Yeah, and even that with Robert Plant, it's I made sure to find um, faces that are similar but not the exact same. So because Robert Plant had the big hair, so did um, um, oh, what's his butt from the Who and. Oh, uh, Roger Daltrey? Daltrey, yeah. So mm-hmm. you had that. You just had, uh, that was one of the common things for lead frontmen was have that big, super curly light hair. Mm-hmm. And but, so it's, I tried, when I did, I really tried to make sure that wasn't just one specific. It was, oh, I'll pull some of this, I'll pull some of that, because while some people see it, I wanted to make sure it wasn't just, oh, I hate, um, um, I hate Pete Townsend, uh, Townsend, so, um, but that guy looks like Pete Townsend, which not the characters really do. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I'm not going to get that book because I don't like that guy. Or I really like this guy. I'm a huge Mick Jagger fan, but ooh, that guy looks like Mick Jagger. He looks kind of like a toothless. I won't read it because mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan of So I tried to find things that were similar or at least archetypal, but making sure that wasn't so close that it would either it would either help or hinder in one direction or the other. Yeah, I mean, what did so the this main band, which is just the four-man band here, I mean... 
other than the kind of the Robert Plant inspiration, did you go with Townsend and Jagger as well? Or I, um, I, I pick and cho- I did a lot of picking and choosing. So for my face file, it's more like it looks almost like I'm a because uh, I'll use like photo reference to make sure like when people smile or frown, or I'll like pull eyes from one and a nose and a mouth from another and a jaw and the hair from other ones as well. well. So they're truly like an amalgamation of, of all these to people. To a different degree. Some are, some are pretty close to one or two specific people. Others are, that's four people where I like this, but I dropped that off and I added that or added that hair. And is, is that left to your devices or do you and Paul kind of talk about that and be like, okay, this is what we, the vibe we're going for? Uh, Paul actually gave me the general descriptions like this, um, Kel will look like this. He doesn't have a shirt on. He's got a sash. And he's got a K-Bar knife sticking out. He's got leather pants. He's kind of that scary skinny where it's not super like emaciated, but you just don't mess with a guy kind of skinny. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, so he'll give me some of those. Like, okay, well, in that case, let me start up front. And they were great by giving me very open descriptions about more archetypes of we want the character to fit like this. Mm-hmm. And from there, they were very open on where I worked with everything. And that was, uh, one of the big things I did with that and with the whole book was really trying to make sure it stayed true to the period of time. Mm-hmm. Where, like, with a lot of adaptations, they take who are the beautiful people are now and just put them in the clothes of that era or an idealized version that is updated. It's like um, the, um, that movie, uh, it's actually any of the movies from the 70s where, like, Argo was like, well, okay, it's not really what, that's a pretty 2015 Ben Affleck that looks <laughs> kind of like the 1970s versus what an actual 1970s character would dress or look like. It's similar, but not the same. Yeah. So I really tried to make sure that it was actually going back. So whatever signs of beauty were, mm-hmm. like in some of the previews, they've got the one of the characters, Alice, who takes care of a lot of the um, the groupies' kids and a lot of the groupies in many ways. Mm-hmm. Make sure that they're, they're they're all doing okay. And for her, it was I didn't want the uh, 2015 concept of beauty. I wanted a 1974 concept because it takes place in 1974. 1974 concept of beauty. Mm-hmm. Where she is the one that is more buxom, but it's not a, a boob job type buxom. Yeah. Where it's there she's um, more buxom, but it's also she's got more of the whole structure to carry that, where it doesn't look awkward or unique or porn star. It's she is rather large up top, but she's also of a, a, a stockier build with wider hips and all that. So it's it really fits more within what it would be for that era. She's a she's a healthier woman, basically. Yes, I mean, still quite beautiful, absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful, but beauty for that era as well as another character named Summerflower who's one of the lead groupies where she's got more of that um, the flat hair or the flat down hair the really strong cheekbones mm-hmm. and just working with what that era of beauty was kind of going with the uh, the hippie meets twiggy kind of look uh, a bit of a hippie but a bit more like in, um, Princess Amidala from Buck Rogers kind of thing which is a couple oh. years past but it still fits that or start, was starting to cusp into that. So you still had some of the, like that or the Charlie's Angels were some bit more the stronger. So some of the stronger cheekbones, mm. but also wanted to counterbalance the stronger cheekbones on her versus the rounder face, rounder face of Alice. So that way, on the design aspect, you could tell in close or extreme close-up that there was that variation where the softer features of Alice would give more of a maternal motherly or um, not cutesy, but more of a softer feature where the stronger cheekbones could be more of like a vampirilla seductive um, quality. Cool. Uh, okay, I get you. So you're going for like uh, a little bit more of the the inviting, the warm one versus the like more harsher looking, maybe femme fatale kind of thing? Yes, where it's uh, trying to make sure that on all aspects everything is connected more, I mean, is separated more. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so, and, and I think that's interesting because especially with the, the era that you guys are dealing with, because the 70s really feels like it's when there was a huge mishmash of, of a lot of different, like, not only just music, but um, just style-wise. Yeah. Like, still coming off of the 60s high, and then delving into the, you know, getting into the narcissism eventually of the 80s, you know? Yeah. Oh, this, yeah. No, this, that's, well, that's where, where the narcissism came in, and it, that was a band where there, it went from the 50s and early 60s where there was a unified look, where mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones all looked like that, the Beatles all looked like that. Mm-hmm. And you start looking at bands of this era, they all had their different look. Yeah, everyone was kind of like, you know, how we kind of looked at boy bands, like, you got the smart one, the cute one, yep. the, you know. And even then, there was more of like, one of the characters uh, of this band actually had, it stuck like three years in the past, mm-hmm. where he's wearing something that would great in 1968, 69, or five, four or five, uh, five years in the past. Yeah, there's there's definitely like some very smartly dressed couple of guys and you're in the group. <laughs> yeah, but even though those, there are different cuts of the suit and where mm-hmm. everything holds and so that's one of those things we were working with it to make sure that it all, um, it really kept that, that discordant vibe. Mm-hmm. And so when we get into the, the more supernatural stuff, I mean, obviously we don't want to get too much into it because we want to wait till the, like the first issue comes out and everything. Yeah. Um, are there any, I guess, are there any supernatural elements that you were excited to draw? Ones that challenged you more? I, uh... That's the question I can't answer. Damn it! I, I, no, it's, those, those are great questions. Mm-hmm. I can't say there are th- uh, a lot of this stuff throughout the issue. Keep an eye out for Easter eggs, little things hidden in the in the back, because like especially with a lot of the horror element. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my just give a little hint. One of my favorite thing, uh, one of my th- more favorite horror movies is In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, of course. <laughs> and you know, it's a wonderful film. It's Sam Neill, the crazy '90s. Let's go through the um, stories. He did a couple. He did that one and. Um, uh, event horizon but mm-hmm. with the mouth of madness there's that painting that's in um, the hotel or mm-hmm. in the little the inn okay and as they're going in every time uh, they look at the painting the painting has changed but the paint is dry but it's gone from a couple walking by uh, uh, walking by a lake to you see some kind of tendrils there and every time they look at come back uh, at a different time to look at the painting the painting is like corrupted mm-hmm. so i love that where it's not a blatant oh look it's they don't say, oh, look at the scary painting. One of them kind of looks up and like tests it to see if the painting's dry or not, but not a, nothing is blatant. That's what I really try to do with a lot of the horror with it as well. We're going through like, okay, I can put a little nuance. There are some things that are really blunt or some things that are really nuanced in the background. You want to have something that people can go back to and be like, what What happened? What? <laughs> yeah, or is this? Or is this, is this a false lead? Is mm-hmm. this? Something like that where I really I don't want to get the Scooby-Doo spoon-fed where here's the horror and here's <laughs> Where it's something where it also adds a texture to it. Is it, are these threads I should be following, or are these uh, are these red herrings? Mm-hmm. Which is one of the fun things that horror, if you do it right, does, where you don't know which is supposed to be scary. Exactly, and and that's that's the kind of horror that I actually appreciate because I'm not the biggest like scary movie person. Yeah. But I like um, I like thrillers. I like things that will startle you and almost disturb you, like. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the the gore and the jump scares. It's all like, yeah. oh man, now I'm afraid of statues. Like that's not yes. good. <laughs> yes, thank you, Blink. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Stephen Moffat. You've ruined me. <laughs> yeah, don't say don't say they're around uh, our our friendly writer here because they're very close friends. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Paul, don't listen to this part. Skip ahead. <laughs> no, in those cases, no. Actually, that's a comment because in that case, Stephen and Paul, they did. They did the job they were supposed to. Like, wow, you made me care about uh, some celluloid, some actors on a screen. 
Exactly. No, and and that's uh, especially with um, with comic books that you want that kind of visceral reaction. Yeah. Because um, it'll keep people coming back and be like, oh, man, I need, I need to see, like, how they're going to screw with me this time. Exactly. And there's some great, um, and, I mean, again, cliffhangers throughout the issues and at the end of each issue as well. Mm-hmm. So and uh, playback. are you guys planning on this as an ongoing or is this more of a miniseries? One moment I can blow my nose. Dramatic pause. Ah, yes. <laughs> and I'm back. It's, it's a good no, one this <laughs> this is a this is a finite series. This is a beginning, a middle, and end. Okay. This is something that um, when it was set out is set out specifically as we are doing this as one, not a one off, but we want it. There are times where it's great to have that continuing storyline, but there are other times where it's like I want to sit down and read a book. Mm-hmm. Just want to go down begin the end, not worry about what happens in issue two hundred seventy five or read two issue seventy five. Worry about what happened in issue one. Do these things matter? I want to sit down and read a finite story, which has a, which have complete characters, characters a complete arc, and, and it works it that way. And that, and I can appreciate that definitely because we're you know especially with certain publishers where it's just kind of like okay we're just going to keep this going until the point that people hate reading the book now. Um, well, it's, there, I know some indie books where um, some of them have like we got a definite ending, and other ones are. I will keep doing this until I stop making money off of it. Mm-hmm. When it goes from positive to negative, then I'll stop. I'll write an ending and wrap it up in a couple issues. Yeah. It's like, I, I would rather someone wrapped it up when they felt that the story was over yeah. versus, okay, uh, we're just going to keep going until we're rich. <laughs> Maybe. It, it, it's one of those awkward balances. Mm-hmm. Because there are other times where it could also be, there are people that love that 500 series, um, issue series, where they get the, the full depth out of it. It's a balancing act. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and uh, so we'll probably wrap this up here, but before we do go, um, uh-huh. what, uh, since this is all music based, and uh, I kind of equate this to a little bit of what um, Wicked and the Divine is doing, where yeah. music has as much to do with the story as, you know, uh, everything else, it's an, it's an added element. Um, so what, what music would you recommend people listen to when they're reading this book? Um, just... That um, that good class. I mean, I say, hate saying classic rock. It makes it sound like you're stuck in your dad or your grandpad, granddad's van as you're heading off to a off to a picnic somewhere or going to school. But just that that classic rock, that '68 to '74 stuff, that mm-hmm. Rolling Stones, some of that Zap, some the Who, so that and find it find this other works best for you for that. Uh, the, I mean, for me, it's always sympathy for the devil, which is nice. I'm a huge huge uh, Aristo like. Um, Stones fan, um, technically up to '69, but so this uh, after that, I've gained a greater appreciation for. But mm-hmm. the little uh... some, yeah, some of that stuff. And a lot of it is just because that's one of the other things we do with this is we don't have them singing lyrics. We don't have them. I mean, beyond a couple little snippets, you can see like read off a, a sheet or two of um, uh, 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 music there, where we mm-hmm. got some sheet music up. That kind of threw some stuff down there. But beyond that, we don't. There are no song titles. There are no. Um, we have album covers. We have album names. But we don't have any song titles. We don't do not have any lyrics. Where they like usually they'll have that. Oh, here's where he sings. We'll do the lyrics and do like the little wavy song where it's so it looks like they're singing. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> when they sing, you hear it in the theater of the mind, but we don't tell you what they're saying. So okay. it's totally. I like it that way because it allows you to do it. Because I can't think of a time in comics where I've heard like, wow, here's where the writer made some song lyrics and they're really good and I want to hear this song. It's always, 
this is really kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. And this I, is, yeah. No, it, yeah, it is It is a hard thing. I talked to um, Kelly Thompson, who's writing uh, Gem and the Holograms. Oh, wow, that's tough. Yeah, and, and I asked her about that because she does write, you know, lyrics in the sense that she makes them rhyme because that's the best way you can personify um, or um, visually represent sound. Because yeah. um, it's so much harder to do it in a, in a you know, comics aren't exactly a static format depending on what you're doing, but yeah. it's it's hard to get that across without actually giving everyone a CD that's got a playlist on it going, here, exactly. this is your soundtrack, listen to it. <laughs> now, one thing I did see, it was um, old Rob Sh- uh, Shrap stuff, where it was, it was either a Scud or a Picasso, um Android or whatever. Um, maybe I think it was Scud, where he actually would say, here, play this song for these panels. Mm-hmm. We'd actually like, put actual songs in there. And I have no idea how he got away with it. That, no, that's interesting, too. It's um, how people have tried to incorporate music into comics, because the two do feel very um, very close, very similar in terms of, like, they want to make you feel a certain way, but you're also losing another particular sense, like another yeah. element to it. So trying to combine them, I think, is, is almost like this um, uh, got uphill battle between creators and the, and the medium. Yeah, no, and, it's, and uh, with this one, it was Paul that made a decision. I fully support him with it, where we looked at it and said, or he looked at it and said, nope, not going to put him in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a great idea. Well, that's cool. Now, I mean, I, I can appreciate people who stand by their convictions. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tony, thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to talk about this. Uh, is, there, uh, is there anything else you want to, that you feel like we haven't covered um, about uh, it? Not immediately. I think I actually gave one, one or two things that I haven't said anywhere else. So that's, exactly. <laughs> Exclusive. Yeah, exactly. But it's once again, it comes out August 5th. Um, we're very, very happy with how it turned out. It's one of those things that has a. I, um, I read through like I, you get like the little digital PDF of uh, not there's not a, di- a non-digital PDF but I got a PDF of what the final version looks like mm-hmm. and I'm reading through this so I'm, I'm like I'm catching myself laughing I spent a month and a half in this mm-hmm. and yeah so we're going through reading through it now they pair like the color the lettering the words everything how it all pairs together it's like oh that's funny <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing because I know this joke mm-hmm. but I'm still catching myself with some of the jokes there some of the impacts and that's awesome getting to they see the great back matter. I was like, dude, I want these things. Where they, <laughs> I can't say what it is because it's more fun to see them in there. But like in the back cover where they show um, like different things that might be specific to that era. Like, oh, that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. I really, I really, I want that now. <laughs> Why don't I have it in my life? Oh wait, exactly. <laughs> uh, was there a, uh, one more thing? Uh, was yep. there a particular? I don't know if this might be in the territory of spoiling too much, but yeah. was there an? We'll find out. I know. Oh, the excitement. Ooh, uh, tension. Oh, no. Uh, was there, <laughs> was there a, a particular album cover that you enjoyed drawing, either as a tribute or a parody or anything? Almost all of them. It's, I mean, the tough part is, all, I mean, I've, all six are completed. I've got them all done, just them and I've shown. But the, with them, they were unlike, eighth, with the exception of number two, which was, um, which uh, is in previous now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that was a, a group picture of the band. And with the exception of one neck that drives me crazy on it, you'll see it when he's, but everything else is, and kept the uh, lead guitar when he's rocking out. I love how he turned it with that. But everything else, there were design covers. I went back and saw what, the concert covers of that era were like. Mm-hmm. 
really try to incorporate that into it. So I've never done hand lettering before, and I'm doing hand lettering on five of the, or four of the six of them. Or oh, maybe, nice. Yeah, four of the six. And so and just adding that to it was wonderful, and just working in working directions. Because you've seen my stuff. You've seen my covers mm-hmm. where they're, um, t- at least I try to make them tightly rendered, um, characters in a, a dynamic pose mm-hmm. with uh, a lot of foreshortening, just really kind of get that push-pull to um, dynamically pull you in. And with this... They're, they're designed covers where the first one where it's the like the late 60s early 70s female body painting mm-hmm. where you step back look at it you can see okay we're okay there's her shoulder and there's a left breast there's a right breast and there's her neck and there's her head and there's the hair so so I was using those elements to do that which again Laverne did amazing with the colors and beyond that second one everything else which I can't wait for you to show because I had fun with them Laverne did an amazing job with the colors on them where I'm like okay I've got a color this is my color scheme what I think it's going to be but I'm not going to tell him how to do his job mm-hmm. he's far better at this than I am like he's got instincts and I'm going to let him do that <laughs> he's instincts and professional I mean he was up for an ISR this last year oh sweet yeah so like I've, I'm working with whom and then I see other <laughs> projects he's working on I'm like wow how did I luck into this mm-hmm and so uh, every once in a while, I'd give, only give them notes of, here, watch out for this, or here's this here, or maybe this would be fun beyond that. I'd step back and just let him do work his magic, but with him on the covers, yeah. it was just absolutely wonderful, and I can't wait for, for them to come out. And again, they're unlike anything else I have done cover-wise, which yeah. is, for me, again, another exciting thing to work with with this. Well, that's so cool, Tony. And I'm so, I'm just really excited that you're so excited about this. This is so. <laughs> I've been very lucky, and I, that we'll do this and focus on the, um, play, uh, playing a sandbox that I've never really played it before. And this is also a creator owned. I mean, it's from Dark Horse, but this is a creator owned thing. So it's, it, yes, more skin in the game, but it's also, you have a bit more, even though Dark Horse has always been great about allowing uh, freedom. Mm-hmm. But with this, it's, you get that large to push it a bit more because it's got a bit more name on there. Yeah, and so it's it's partially your baby. So yeah. that's so cool. Um, Thank you. Uh, so once again, it's going to co- uh, this damn band, this damned band. That's very important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is going to be coming out uh, August fifth, right? August fifth, uh, a little over a week away. Okay, well, and this, the recording of this. So as of the recording, yes. Yes. Uh, is Hi, it go- everybody. Spoiler alert. We're not, we're not little demons inside your, your phones who are tell, telling you lies and sweet dreams. I just assumed wizards were inside these things. I don't know. Uh, Oof, I know, right? I like, I like wizards. <laughs> wizards are they cool. They got beards you can hide in. <laughs> if you're a guy, I suppose. Lady wizards are like, yeah, not so much the beard type. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be a witch then, wouldn't it? I suppose. I mean. Or more like, hey, you know what? It's, they cast magic, they make us happy. Win win. Practitioner. <laughs> there you go. It's, I'm going to de genderize it all. So. Practitioner of the light and dark arts. Yes. All Ooh. inclusive. Let's make that book. <laughs> Maybe next time. Next time, exactly. Uh, so, August 5th, and uh, you, Paul Cornell, and uh, you're going to have to say his name one more time for me. It's, I'm going to, and I hate this because he's a really nice guy. I know. I mean, but I just. Uh, Laverne Kedierski. There you go. I just... I'm, I'm, if, if, again, Laverne, if I'm slaughtering, which I am, I apologize horribly. Uh, 
you deserve much better with how what amazing job you're doing on this book. Exactly. I, for for me, I just didn't want to screw it up any worse. Like, yeah. no, <laughs> if, I understand. Uh, and uh, is it going to be only on Dark Horse? Or is it going to be through Comicsology as well? I know it's through Dark Horse. I think I know Dark Horse has a deal with Comicsology. Okay. And I just don't know specifically. It's I think it's Day of, but I could be wrong. But I fully support uh, Comixology if that's your thing. Also, I'm a huge fan and supporter of your friendly local comic shop. Yes. So get it there. And if you like, uh, if you like it, make sure to pre-order as many other issues as you can because that makes a huge difference for them. Exactly. Go support your local stores. Support your uh, independent artists and writers. Yeah, and, and and if the, your local store won't get it, get another local store. Exactly. <laughs> Put your loyalty where your wallet is. Yeah, because for them it's okay. Um, all I do is I go over to the previous site, I type in this five or this um, eight digit number, and I add one um, add one to that. There, there you go. go. Pre-ordered. That's <laughs> done. Done and done. Um, and if people wanted to contact you, Tony, where might they find you? I'm all over the place. Um, uh, it's Tony Parker Art on TonyParkerArt.com. That's my handle on. Facebook, on Twitter, on Tumblr. It's Tony Parker Art 1 on Instagram because there's another person that beat with Tony Parker Art, but hey, he got there first. He earned it. <laughs> it's not, I'm not getting a cranky about that. I just don't, like, hey, wait a minute. This looks different. <laughs> he just wanted it more. I mean, he, want, he did, and he won. Good for him. <laughs> no, there's no static here. But, he, he, um, but all the other ones is Tony Parker Art. So it's a website, Facebook, Twitter, t- um, Tumblr. Not Instagram, but the other ones, and uh, my website, TonyParkerArt.com, which I should also have the original art, with the exception of the covers. I'm keeping all the covers. There we go. But I'm, because uh, that's just, those are going on the wall. That's your prerogative, but, man. You, you drew them. Oh, those are my baby. Exactly. But I should also have, like, she likes some of the art of it. I will have that available the day after the, um, the comic comes out. Sweet. And, and I also wanted to um, thank you for the uh, Big Barda and Mr. Miracle. Uh, oh, no. That was so much fun to draw. I've never drawn those characters before, so it was a bit of research. It was like, oh, these are fun. Yeah, no, right? I've, I've been waiting for them to get their due in the comics and also like, come on, give me a fourth world movie. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe 2023. Oh, okay. Well, as long as you're, you're giving me a date, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, because I have all the power with it. You, you mean you're not omniscient? Come on, Tony. Well, that just means I know everything. It doesn't mean I have the power to do anything about it. I, part of it could be a lie. I mean, remember Cassandra. Why, how dare you lie to me? That's it. We're through. How <laughs> dare I make classical Greek references as well? Can't Either believe way, you. It's for shame. Ugh, God, Tony. What are you doing uh, to me? <laughs> I am a horrible, horrible person. You are. But I love you anyway. Oh, big hugs. <laughs> Yay, hugs. Uh, once again, Tony Parker, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And, um, thank you so much for having me, Or I had a great time. Definitely, and I love talking to you at the at the conventions and everything. Yeah, so. and hopefully I'll be up at Seattle next year as well. Excellent. Looking forward to talking to you again then. <laughs> me too. <laughs> All right. You have a good night, sir. You too. Take care and get some rest and good luck with those stompy neighbors. Oh, I will. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>